Alrighty, so this is session number five, actually kind of four and a half, since uh, Pastor John kind of got us off track last week. Well, he actually didn't. We had a, that was a good discussion that we had at the end of the, the session last week. So, well, that's exactly why I blamed him. <laughs> so, for the fifth time, why are we here? What's the purpose? We're world changers. Right, Ricky? You don't look like you're happy about that. We are world changers. We're called to be world changers. And the best way for us to change the world, impact the world, is by living in victory. Living as the Bible really says we're supposed to live. Okay? So we're called to change the world. If you're a member of RVCC, we're called to change the St. Croix River Valley. The St. Croix Valley. Yes. So, we're here to... Well, actually, I forgot. Let's, let's start with prayer, or kind of restart with prayer. <clears throat> Father God, we lift this night up to you. We are seeking you. We're seeking your word. We're seeking your plan. We're seeking your wisdom. We're seeking your insight, your revelation. Father God, simply use me as a, as a vessel. Speak through me. Minister to each and every one of us by the Holy Spirit. Change us, Father God, so we can be world changers. The world changes you called us to be. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. So, yes, we're, we are called, if you, I mean, in session five is, once we get into it, we're going to start the, the last part of session four, but session five is my, my favorite session. Um, we really get into some fun stuff. Okay. So, if we'll remember, session four was the last part of the two sessions on um, faith. <clears throat> so, if you remember, let me get my notes here. There we go. Okay. So, faith. <clears throat> I guess what I, how I was explaining it was, we've got the spirit world you know, if we kind of consider there to be a line or a membrane here between the spirit world and the natural world, the promises are already, remember, they're already established. They're already done. God's work is already done. It's already taken care of. The promises are yes and amen. He's done everything he needs to do. So it's like also the gift box. The box is there, marked grace. Everything that we need is already available. God has already made it available for us by His grace. It's up to us to lay hold of it, take it from being just a promise in the spirit realm into fact in our life. It's already a truth. We need to bring it and make it a fact in the natural, make it exist in the natural. Okay? And it's faith then that takes it from the spirit realm, from being just a promise to facts like the check example okay somebody gives you 
a check, somebody reputable, somebody that you you know can stand behind the money. Okay, say it's a thousand dollars. You're believing for a thousand dollars. You've got the check, which is a promissory note, but you don't have the money. You've got the money. You've got the promise for the money, but you don't have the money. So just like the word, we've got the promises, but they're not. Once we start, once we realize, once we see the promise and start believing for the promise, and we have hope in the promise, at that point, it's still a promise. Our faith takes it from desire, desiring that promise, to having that promise, to it actually existing in the natural, in the physical realm. Okay? So we need to go from desiring inside to having from... What else did I say? From oh, from from wanting it to having it, and from desiring it to possessing it. Okay, it have to, has to happen inside here first. That's the faith part of it. It has to happen inside of us first in the spirit before it's going to happen in the natural. So we're just looking at <clears throat> Hebrews eleven one again. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for. What we're desiring, what we're wanting, what what we hope for will actually happen. Hey, Jim, grab a a handout. Um, Faith is a confidence that what we hope hope for, like I said, what we want, what we're desiring will actually happen, will actually be possessed. That's what faith does. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Wrapping up session four here, so let's get this back. Page and then back page. Back of roots, please. Okay. Does I, I guess I want to make sure that everybody has everybody understands what what faith is, what faith does. Everybody good on that? That's a yes. All right. Chocolate is always a yes. What was that? Chocolate is always a yes. 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 It's kind of like the promises. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so. I already have these. Thank you, John. So, session four was what faith, what do you do after you pray? Okay, we don't doubt or waver. Um, We're positive in our thinking. Let every thought affirm that you have what you asked for. We're supposed to guard our mind, guard against every evil thought that comes into your mind to try to make you doubt God's word. Okay, so now we're going into um, the fourth point in that session. Okay. Which is, yes, faith. We want, we want our faith to be consistent, right? We want our faith to be unmovable. We want it to be steadfast, I say it there. Okay? So we want it to be strong. We want it to be consistent. We want it to not waver. So to help with that, we need a clear target. Okay? 
that promise that we're believing for is the target. Okay? But it needs definition. Okay? <clears throat> so, again, from Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is the confidence that what we hope for, the target, will actually happen. From Hebrews 6, this hope we have. Okay, what was the hope? In Hebrews, he was talking about um, the promise of the promise that God made to Abraham, right? That's the hope. That promise is the hope. So this hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast. Okay, hope is the anchor. It's gonna. It's what's gonna keep us consistent. It's gonna keep us steady. All right, and I, I want to make sure for anybody that's that's familiar with. I know Hagen talks about it, and Keith Moore talks about it. Um, and I don't know if it's so much talked about anymore, but you know, back in Hagen's day, they always said, you know, if if you ask somebody, do you believe you're healed? And they say, well, I hope so. And say, oh no, 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 that's not faith. Well. It's not faith, but it's not hope either. That's not really hope. That's desire again. Okay, that's wishing. Right. So that's not the hope I'm talking about. Hope is the... um, Do I have the definition of hope here? I don't know that I've got it there. Hope is confident expectation. Okay, it's confidently expectation. Expecting that whatever you're believing for to come to pass. Okay? So hope is confident expectation. We are confident in that promise. We're expecting that promise. So what does one say then? <clears throat> what somebody asks you, you know, what you just said. Oh, what do you believe that you're healed? Yeah. Well, you can say, I'm confident that I am. That would be an acceptable response, I would assume. I might not, I might be still experiencing symptoms, but I'm confident that I I have it. It's it's what I'm going through is just temporary. Okay, I'm I'm I possess that healing. Okay, and we're gonna get we're gonna get a little bit more into into what that means. So our faith will have staying power when we see ourselves with the answer. Okay? That's that's how it becomes confident expectation. So <clears throat> in in my mind, say you're you're reading you're reading the word and you come across come across a promise for the first time. Okay? You see that God wants you to be healed. Okay, let's continue that example. You see that God wants you to be healed. By the straps of Jesus, you were healed. Okay, wow, God wants me to be healed. He made a, he's got a promise here that I can be healed. Okay, that creates hope. Okay, so that's, that's the promise that you're wanting. There's hope that I can have that. Okay, I believe that hope comes first. That target comes first. That goal that you've got comes first. And then through additional study, through prayer, you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. 
<clears throat> as you focus on that target, as you focus on that hope, it becomes faith. Okay, it gets to the point where you're confident, you're convinced, you got it, you know it. Okay, just like that check. All right, you've got the check, you don't actually have the cash, but you know you've got the money. <clears throat> you're confident that you've got the money. Whatever bills you have that you need the money for, whatever it is you need the money for, whatever need you've got the money for, you stop being concerned about the need you start you know you're you're convinced you've got joy you're happy you're expecting that you're going to be able to take care of all that stuff okay so that's the that's the faith <clears throat> so meditation is is what's important to help us with the hope okay meditation is important to create a clear image in our mind okay our our imagination of having what we hope for or are believing for. Okay? We need to see ourselves with what we're hoping for, what we're believing for. Okay? <clears throat> for, I guess an, as an example for for me, um, my, what I've been dealing with in particular for the, for the business is just financial difficulty okay so <clears throat> what I'm believing for I've accumulated debt over the past several years as a result of basically as a, res as a result of me allowing lack to exist in my life having fear of lack I let the enemy in mess with my business mess with my finances okay so I've got <clears throat> I've got stuff I need to take care of I got debt I need to take care of all right right now I look at my summary page my Wells Fargo account okay and I see some cash you know personal cash business cash and debt <laughs> loan after loan after loan after loan after loan all right in my mind, I close my eyes and I am picturing I've got, you know, $10,000 in this account cash, $10,000 in this account cash, $50,000 in this account cash, $50,000 in this account cash, and no debt, no loans, okay? So I envision in my mind looking at what I'm hoping for, looking at what I'm believing for, okay? I see myself, whether it's a, in a bigger building or doing things that I can't do now, able to buy equipment, able to improve things. I, I see the business growing, okay, and able to pay, pay all those things, which is the exact opposite. When I was going through this, I was seeing it fail. I was seeing having to close the doors. I was seeing no money coming in. I was seeing business drying up. I was seeing, I was accepting every lie that that stupid enemy, that thief was giving me. I accepted it. I was accepting all the lies. Hope, seeing, I, I, I realized that, I realized that 
you know, and, and over here I was saying, God, I'm, I'm, I'm believing you. I'm, I'm, I know you are able to bless me. I know you supply all of my needs. Why isn't it working? Okay. Cause I hadn't received it. I hadn't possessed it. I didn't believe that what I had prayed for had made a difference. I realized that I was still in desire. Okay. And to get from the desire part to the possessing part, you, you need to use your imagination. You need to meditate on the word. You need to see yourself. You need to be able to close your eyes and see yourself healed, blessed, prosperous, relationships restored, whatever it is you're believing for, you need to see it happening. You need, in. well, I'll get into action. We're going to talk about action later, but you, you need it to become more real on the inside than what's going on around you on the outside. And that, that gets that gets at what I was talking about earlier with we need to live from the inside out. Okay? We need to let the spirit... What your perception of what you is. Yep. all about perception. Yep. You perceive God's word. And I went to my God's word has become more real. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, it's one of the things that. Um, what do you do to it? What's she looking at? Hey, <laughs> Ricky, you got a question? Do you have a question? Are you just just listening, or you you okay? No, but that's that's point. What do you do when your life just crashes around you? How do you do that? I, I went through, well, the easy answer and the quick answer is you can't stop looking at the Word. You can't stop looking at God. Okay? You can't... There's been, there's been a number of times where it looked for me as an example, my business is going to get shut down. And even just you know, a couple months ago, I was 24 hours from, from the business being shut down because of, it was actually, so my, my landlord, so back in like 2012 and 2013, I got behind like five months of on rent. And he finally said, enough's enough, you need to get caught up in two weeks or else I'm pulling your lease. <laughs> so that was, you know, $25,000, $20,000, And for the first week, it was not, I mean, I, I was controlling my thoughts. Trying not to panic. I was trying, I was controlling my thoughts but I recognized I didn't see myself getting through it. So I forced myself to start 
what I forced myself to do, I actually saw myself writing out the check and handing it to him. That's what made the difference. That was something that anchored me. Seeing that instead of wondering where I'm going to go, seeing you know the landlord come in and pull my keys, you know I had to see it, see myself succeeding, see myself getting the money. And 24 hours before he was supposed to come, I got it. Yeah, praise God. But I know it started to work. My faith started to work when I saw myself with the money handing him the check. I saw myself succeeding, if you will. That is that is what's important. You need to see yourself. I think the issue sometimes is, is what it, you know, we try to do this have this faith walk but what extends out to people in our close because uh, we're really going through it now this Linda's old stuff it is really rough and um, not in a bad but in a mills and uh, it's just really and, and it's so it's, you know, it's so hard when someone that you care about so much is suffering and that you can't do much about it, you know, uh, and so it extends out like that. It is, mm-hmm. you know, I could try and build Linda all I, all I can, and she's doing well that way, but uh, the not having control right. and not seeing Mm-hmm. Seeing it is harder. Right. And I think there's others maybe in the room that are experiencing the same thing. And that's uh, it's very difficult. But Linda, I didn't see my son being restored to me when we got married. I thought it was off the table. I really did. But Linda wouldn't quit praying for me. Mm-hmm. You know, she, she just would not quit. She got me started, we started praying, and now he sent me a text last Sunday. He was at home mourning how he had treated his mother. Mm-hmm. He was mourning, because for about 15 years, we were the bad guys, you know. And he just sent us, me a text, you know, repenting, and just how sorry and sad he was for how he had treated us. And he, you know, because, you know, so, I, but when it comes down to, to uh, your oldest daughter, you know, really, you know, it, it's, 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 it's really hard, mm. you know, and, and I'd like to pray for her, because it's, it's really tough on you know, she tries to be so steadfast, but it is, it is just plain tough. Mm-hmm. You know, it just is. You know, so I. 
Yeah, and really the only thing at that point, since, I mean, you don't have direct control over it, you just seek God for wisdom. I mean, what, is there anything that we can do, and what, what, is there, is there anything we can, you know, say to her, do for her, teach her, I, you know, that's, that's where you just, God, what, what? I think that's the best thing to yeah. That's the only thing. He's the one who knows. I mean, when you're in that situation, that's that's really what it has to come, come down to. Yeah, that's cool. So, R- Ricky, did that help at all? As much as it can, you know. Okay. Oh, Linda. I would like to just share a scripture for that. Sure. Okay, it's from Genesis chapter 11. When you're talking about seeing things, this is the scripture that instantly came to my mind. This is the situation at the Tower of Babel. And in verse 6, it says, The Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they are all, they are all one language. And this they begin to do. Notice they began to do it. And now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to right. do. Right. And that's really the concept you're talking about, I think. Right. Am I right? Well, even yep. And even look at even look at say with your when your children were young, or even I mean even even there's examples now. But I can think of when your children are young and say it's a sport you're trying to get them to go off out for or some activity you're you're trying to encourage them to do and they're not doing well at it i know there was for for one of my sons <clears throat> he was not doing well at it and i knew he couldn't see himself doing it he could not see himself doing that right doing that sport that you know it was hockey doing that right <clears throat> and you can't do something you don't see yourself doing first you have to be able to see yourself do it before you can actually actually do it all right so we were on meditation so Joshua 1:8 this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it, written in it. And then, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Okay? So then, obviously, the focus of our meditation needs to be the Word of God. Right. Okay? Obviously not the problem, because if, when, I mean, when, when you realize it, we're all probably expert meditators, but unfortunately, it's too often worry, fear, dread. It's too often in the negative. At least I know I know I was an expert worrier. I was raised to be an expert worrier. But part of that was practice. <clears throat> oh, it was my own. You got better. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I still realize it's something that I that my mind wants to slip right back into and you need to you need to force yourself to not do it and it's it that's where it really becomes hard when 
you are experiencing horrific circumstances and you're an expert at meditating in the negative direction it you have to forcefully make yourself think the other way you have to and, and, and sometimes it takes a while but you have to get control I mean just close everything out shut everything out and force yourself to think about it and I think I think it's like in your mind you've got these ruts say the ruts of some fear and they're well worn because you go over that and over it and over it and over it you've done that over and over again you have to be able to come back come out of them and it's difficult it takes sometimes it it takes time but don't don't quit don't give up because the more you try it the, the better you'll get at it the better you'll get at it better you'll get at it and soon enough you'll be seeing yourself with what you're believing for whatever it is okay so we must meditate the word of God so we've gone over this a little bit what so what is meditation it's going and it's not obviously sitting with your knees folded and emptying your mind <laughs> chanting <laughs> it's not emptying your mind it's filling your mind okay and meditation obviously can be negative or positive plus emptying your mind of the negative and putting in the truth yes 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 you want to empty your mind of the the lies mm-hmm. and fill your mind with the truth I needed a brain bypass Brain bypass. I can't think of being brain surgeons. I needed a brain bypass. (laughs) So we need to go. Meditation is going over in our mind how the word will impact your life. Okay? We need to use our imagination to visualize the word, the promise manifested in your life. And that's the important part. So many people, and I did it for years, read the word and just, you're just reading the word. You're just reading the word. You're not digesting it. I, I didn't digest it. I, I remember, I forget so who, who it was. Apply, right? You could. See yourself. You could. Walk in the water. Yeah. <laughs> And I, there was, I think it was, actually, I think it was, um, I think it was Jerry Savelle's wife who had talked about she was enjoying some book in the New Testament. And she'd been studying it for weeks. And I think then Jerry asked her, well, how, where are you? How far have you gotten? It's like the second verse. <laughs> I thought, what? That doesn't... But, and that's what she was doing. She was digesting it. She was envisioning what that meant to her, how she could realize that promise in her life. Okay? How, how she could experience that promise in her life and what that would mean. And you can just, I mean, just 
let's let it go and go and go. As far as as far as healing, just see yourself doing all the things that you can't do. As far as having your needs met, think yourself of being able to do all kinds of things that you can't do. You know, I see myself writing million dollar checks to different ministries. I can't do it right now, but I'm going to do it. Okay. Isaiah 26.3 You keep him in perfect peace. Okay. And that peace, that's shalom. Okay. So it's not only peace, like the internal peace that we talk about in the, in our spirit, but it's also wholeness. Okay? So you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So that word mind is the Hebrew word, I'm guessing, I think it's yester. And that means meditation, thought, but most commonly it's translated imagination. And I think it's in in Genesis 11, I think it's where it's trans, trans also where it's translated, imagination. So we will be kept in perfect peace when we're imagining God and how He is part of our life, how He's impacting our life, what He's done for us, what He's just His goodness, His greatness. I mean, you start thinking about how awesome God is, everything that He's done, and our problems just shrink down to nothing. He is more than able to handle everything, or in anything that we've that we're experiencing. I think that's part of it. being seated with Christ. Yeah. Places. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm not afraid. Yeah. And people may say we're unrealistic, but I don't know. I think that's where God wants us. I agree. Yeah. Well, look at where G- that's where Jesus lived. He did. He lived above the fray. Yeah. I mean, walking on water, um, in the midst of the storm, sleeping in the boat in the middle of the storm. Mm-hmm. He didn't let those things bother him. I told everybody in El Salvador, the people in Minnesota have great faith. We all walk on water. <laughs> <laughs> Three months out of the year. <laughs> Well, unfortunately, it's more like five yeah. months out of the year. So we need to see ourselves as God sees us. That is the big thing. Okay? Wow, I am not getting where I need to go. Holy cow. We're halfway done. Okay. Um, let's see here. So steadfast faith affects our actions. Okay, now we get to faith without works is dead <clears throat> how we see ourselves our mental image will affect our decisions will affect our actions okay and i want to look at two examples so i want to contrast israel and abraham so if we can go to numbers 13 25. Whoops. Okay. 
And we're not going to read the whole thing in the interest of time. So after exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit. Here, you know what? I'll leave it there. That's I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Um, and showed them the fruit they had taken from the land. This was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. So it's everything, I think what they're getting at, it's everything that God said it was. Right? It's amazing. But, or here's the kind of fruit it produces, but... The people living there are powerful, and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. The Amalekites live in the Negev, and the Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We cannot go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report among the, about the land among the Israelites. And, uh, okay, go down a little bit. The land we travel through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there. The descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what we thought, too. If we look at the... Can I just make a comment? Right you may. My translation says about the giants, and we were in our own That's, site <clears throat> that's what I was looking for. Yep, that's what I was looking for. Okay. So that's how they saw themselves. Okay? They saw themselves defeated. They saw themselves weak. They saw themselves unable to defeat the current inhabitants. Okay? If we look at Genesis 22, uh, actually, I think in the interest of time again, um, let's just go to Hebrews, okay? So it was Hebrews 11, right below that. It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his own son, Isaac, even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Abraham, and here's, here's the important point. Abraham reasoned in his mind, okay, that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. Okay, so he was convinced of God's promise. He was convinced of God's promise that Isaac was his descendant, and the his descendants were going to be as numerous as the stars in the sand. Okay, he knew that was he was convinced of that. His hope was in that. Okay, he was steadfast in that. And then God asks him to sacrifice him. So on one, you know, you would you would think the normal reaction would be, oh no, Isaac's going to die. Oh no, what are we going to do? What happened to my descendants and this and that? Obviously, he didn't go there. Okay? He knew God's promise and he stood on God's promise. 
So he just thought, well, okay, God gave me him. He's my, he's the promise. He's my heir. He, great descendants are going to come from, from him. God must be going to raise him from the dead. If I kill him, he'll just raise him from the dead. So it affected his, it affected his decision differently than the Israelites, okay? The Israelites seeing themselves weak, seeing themselves unable to conquer the inhabitants, the giants, seeing themselves as grasshoppers, didn't go fulfill God's plan, okay? Abraham, being convinced of God's promise, went ahead and fulfilled his plan, even though it looked crazy. And I, I've always wondered, did Abraham tell Sarah? I don't think he did. No. I don't think he did. Sarah, that they were going to go and worship and come back. Come back. No. And in in a number of times, because the the servants that were with them, he said, "Okay, this, my son and I are going to go sacrifice, and we will come back to you." So he believed. You know, he was speaking in faith that they would come back together. Exactly. So, yeah. 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 And I was, you know, like when you're saying that about the Israelites, you know, they let themselves be influenced by other people on how to see themselves, you know, instead of looking to the word, the truth, and, and or, you know, um, the promise. Right, yep. You know, and so I think sometimes we fall into that too. Yeah, oh yeah. You know, let the world influence. And that's, and that's uh, again, like I've, I've mentioned a couple times now over the last several sessions, they were allowing themselves to be influenced from the outside in. Mm-hmm. They were letting the world affect them and their decisions whereas we need to live from the inside out and not let our circumstances affect what God is we know from the inside from the Holy Spirit what God is calling us to do okay so does that make does that make sense okay all right then I just have a couple quick points of other things that faith is anchored by um it's anchored by the hope of seeing God's plan for our lives fulfilled. And real real quickly, this was something that I personally experienced. Um, it was right before, actually, I went over this in the first series of sessions. I can't, even, I can't remember exactly what happened, but there was something that, some circumstance happened that was trying to shake me. And I was praying about it and meditating on it and I knew God was telling me what I needed to meditate on, what I needed to think about I needed to meditate on His promises for me His vision for me okay and that is what helped really anchor my faith in that when I was going through that so that's something that you, you that's something that helps you anchor because there's hope You've got hope in whatever this big, crazy vision is that God has for you. There's hope in that. And that can be an anchor as well. I'm meditating this cake. I have <laughs> And then I think love is also a, a good anchor for us. Um, so the main point from session four, faith needs a target. Okay, Your mind guides and directs your life. You must see yourself with what you are believing for. Meditation is a critical component of living in victory. It's meditation that creates the images in your mind that will direct your life. 
and our meditation must be based on the Word of God. So any questions about session number four? What do you do after you've prayed? You good? Okay. All right. I am too. Session number five. <clears throat> okay. So now this is the first one talking about hope. All right. <clears throat> hope. Christ in you, the hope of glory. All right. <clears throat> Our a big part of our our hope needs to be, and I, I alluded it to a, a little bit when I was talking about um, our hope, or we're anchored by the hope of God's plan for our lives. <clears throat> we were made. If you if you read the Bible, and you believe the Bible. We were made for greatness. We were made to do great things. God, with everything, I mean, just think about <clears throat> everything that is that God has done for us, everything that he's given us, all the tools, the authority, the dominion, his word, the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> we're supposed to be world changers. We're supposed to, he wants to do great things through us. Okay, let's look at some examples. And so this, this, the title of this is, We Were Made for Greatness because we have the greater one in us. So John 14, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the Father. Okay, even if we don't get into the greater works, just doing the works of Jesus. <laughs> be that would be pretty darn good. That would be greatness. Miracles and signs and wonders and healings and walking on water and commanding storms to be quiet. And So Jesus is telling us we're to do the works that he does. Right, Vince? That's right. Ephesians 4. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Okay? So the fullness of, well, Christ, and Christ is the anointing, right? The anointing, the the anointing, the anointed one and his anointing. Okay? So... We're to measure to the fullness of of God, really, to the fullness of Christ, to the fullness of the anointing. <clears throat> Colossians 1, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known. The mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. To them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery. I just think that's so cool, that the riches of the glory of this mystery. It's, it's a mystery that Christ is in us. 
So the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So the anointed one in it is anointing in you the hope of glory. <clears throat> so that gr that glory is the Greek word doxa, okay, which means magnificence, excellence, preeminence, the absolutely perfect inward or personal excellency of Christ. Okay? So in like I've been saying, Christ is the anointed one. It can be it can be translated the anointed one and his anointing. So we have God in us, Christ in us, God in us, the anointing in us, the Holy Spirit in us is what gives us hope for glory, for preeminence, for magnificence, excellence, the absolutely perfect inward or personal excellency of Christ. Jesus set the standard. And we can, we have everything, we have all of the same equipment, maybe not the fullness of the Spirit, since now His body, it's spread, the, the fullness of the Spirit is spread through the body, but <clears throat> He still set the standard. And the only thing that's keeping us from living to that standard is what? How we see ourselves. And really, how we see ourselves. Which is a lack of faith. Right, yeah. Because if we read His Word and believed what He said, we would trust that that's what we are. Yep. But we're at different stages in that. Right. I mean, how... <clears throat> an example came to mind. I mean, how often have you meditated and seen yourself walking on water or, you know, doing any other things? Okay, so I don't know... How many of you listen to Andrew Womack on a, week, on a regular basis? But he's got a really neat, I think, example of this. Um, I believe it was back in the 70s, 80s. Um, he, uh, he felt led to start meditating on raising people from the dead. So he... He did everything that we were talking about in in session number four. He pictured himself in front of Lazarus's tomb, calling him forth. He pictured himself as Elijah, Elisha, laying on the the son of the the woman. You know which story I'm thinking of. He envisioned himself doing that. He envisioned. I don't know what, how other, other many examples there are of people being raised from the dead, but he envisioned himself doing it. He saw himself raising people from the dead. It got to the point where he dreamed it. He would dream about raising people from the dead. And then I think there were a couple of unrelated people that he, I don't know if he knew them, that he ended up raising from the dead. And then he, I, he talks about it. he, for whatever reason, stopped doing it. And then some number of years later, he, he felt prompted to start doing it again. So he started doing it again. He start, started to see himself raising people from the dead. He started to see himself in the stories of Jesus raising, from, raising people from the dead. And then his son died. He got a call from his, I think it was the youngest son died, and he got a call from his oldest son at the morgue. 
his son was already in the locker, had been dead for hours, had been dead, dead for three to four hours, I believe. That's pretty dead. And he was talking about what he was going through. So in the first 10 minutes, obviously, he had all of these thoughts, all of these feelings, the fear, the the anguish, the, you know, all the stuff. And he realized, okay, wait a second. I, I can't let this in. I cannot let this in. And he started to praise God. He started to confess the word and started praising God. And he started to remember his son had been given some, um, some prophecies that hadn't been fulfilled. So he started talking to God about these prophecies that hadn't been fulfilled and um, quoting scripture and got to the point where he was joyful. He was so, he had, he had meditate on, meditated on it, started to see his son alive. He got a call from his son, his youngest son, set up in the morgue. He wasn't even there. He didn't have to lay hands on him or do anything like that. He just sat up. Yeah, exactly. Wow. But what a challenge that was because it would have been easier to raise someone else's son right. than his own son because there's so many emotions involved with that. Right. right. So that's just a, an amazing example of what we can do if we allow God to work through us. It's just we we can't be limited by our Unfortunately, our thinking is is limiting us. Our mind, how we see ourselves, our mindset is limiting us. We have God, His Holy Spirit, His anointing inside of us. He wants to express Himself through us. He wants to. He wants us to be His hands and His feet, His mouthpiece. Okay. We were made to change the world. We were made to positively impact those around us. Matthew five. You are the light of the world. Say, I am the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So if anybody is going to give, be given glory to, to God in heaven, it's by amazing things happening through us. God doing amazing things through us to His glory. Acts 1, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria to the end of the earth. Again, the Holy Spirit is giving us that power to be that witness. Okay? Romans 8, And we know... For those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to His purpose. For those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, in order that He might be the firstborn among many brothers, among many brethren. Okay? Like, I think I mentioned it already. God sent Jesus as the prototype. He's the prototype of the the new covenant Christian. Now we're supposed to be. Well, it's one. Yeah. 
but he's the example he's the prototype he's the the standard that we're that we have the potential of living up to yes and I think we don't need to be beaten down by what we're not but instead to seek God to help us to be what he wants us to be yep because no one's perfect. Right. Jesus was the only perfect. I mean, I think we need to realize that the ability is there. God is inside of us. God himself is inhabiting our spirits. And we need to give him, we need to let him out. <laughs> we need to let him do what he wants to do. We need to give him free reign. And that's where the meditation comes in. That's where we need to start just even meditating on the fact that he's inside of us, that God himself is inside of us. And think about then what we have access to. That alone will change our mindset, change how we see ourselves, change how we see our lives, our circumstances. God has an amazing plan for us. Romans 12, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You, God's plan is perfect. But I think we also need to realize that you were specifically you were specifically made for that plan. You are the perfect person to fulfill that plan that he has. Ephesians 2. For we are God's masterpiece. Say, I am God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the things he planned for us long ago. He's given us everything we need. He created us anew. He gave us a new spirit so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Uh, oh, I don't have it written down. This is, uh, this would be Psalms 37, I think. I think it's Psalms 34 or 37. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. And that is, it's 37? 37, And I think you've all heard people say that there's really a, I think there's really a two, it's 37.3? Okay. 37.3, yeah. Okay. There's, there's really two parts to this. He shall give you the desires of your heart. So he will give you, he will place his desires inside of you. If you're delighting in him, if you're seeking him, he will give you his desires. He will replace your desires with his desires. But then, after he's done that, he will fulfill those desires. Okay? It's part of him loving us, him being a good God. He wants to dote on us. Ephesians 3. Now, to him who is able... To do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. According to the power that works in us. 
To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Okay. So power in verse 20 is the Greek word. It's dunamis. All right. And I think we've all heard that word before. It's strength, power, ability. And I like this definition from Strong's. Inherent power. Power residing in a thing by virtue of its nature. What is your nature? What is your nature? You're, you're a spirit being. You have God's nature inside of you. So that's why we have power residing us by virtue of our nature, our godly nature, by God being inside of us. Power for performing miracles. Okay, so we have the power of God inside of us. It's, and that is what allows... It's, it's not... I mean, I think a lot of people think, now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to what, what, what God thinks we deserve. Or what God wants to do for us based on his will, or his whims. No, it's based on the power that works in us. God, God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power in us. God's will for us is far greater, and I think this is on purpose, far greater than we can accomplish in our own ability. I mean, just... Just think about it. If we could fulfill God's plan for us in the natural, in our natural abilities, we wouldn't need Him. him. So His will for us is bigger than we can imagine. It's greater than we can imagine. It can even be, I don't know if I want to use the word scary, but it's overwhelming yeah and we need the only way we can do it is by faith by faith in his ability in his grace to enable us to to fulfill that plan it requires a God it, it requires God's ability so therefore it requires faith okay and I think it's important to realize that we need to follow what we see in us. I mean, from a from a from, as a starting point, what we see in us as talents, as gifts, and as as passions. I don't think it's an accident what we're equipped with and what we're passionate about. I think that's going to lead us to and even drive uh, drive us towards what God wants us to do. So that we use that as the starting point and then allow God to, to lead us from there by the Holy Spirit. Um, this is a quote from Andrew Womack. You need to strive towards something bigger than yourself, something that drives you, something that gets you outside of your concerns, your needs, your desires, something that, well... 
and I got to be careful with desire because it's just not selfish desire, I guess. But something that is bigger, greater, changing the world, changing St. Croix River Valley, being a world changer. Okay. Just scratching, no question? Okay. <laughs> Any. I guess I was going through here pretty quick, and now I can slow down again. Any questions on what we've what we've covered so far? Can I just make a comment? Yes. One of my favorite pre- preachers is Peter Marshall. Okay. And if you're not familiar with him, he was a Scottish man that um, came to America, and that was God's vision for him. And he became one of the the cha- one chaplain for Congress at one point in time. Okay. And he had the oldest church in. Um, Washington, D.C., where Abraham Lincoln and many of the presidents actually worshipped during their time of presidency. And he says something that really blessed me because he was talking about his relationship with his wife before they'd gotten married. And if you know them, he said that um, the thing that God does on the inside of us is... Our desires become his desires, and pretty soon we don't know where one stops and the other mm-hmm. starts. And then we sometimes feel guilty because we want to do something and we question ourselves as to whether that's really God or not. And then in, in this example, he was trying to explain to, to his wife, um, here, what's just her name? Oh. Mrs. Marshall. Sure. (laughs) He was trying to explain to her that her desire to want to be married to him was actually God's desire for her. But he had created it in her in such a way that she thought it was selfish because it was seemed like it wasn't a spiritual thing, if you will, but it was something God created inside of her Mm -hmm. because he was he was she was the perfect mate for him. Right. And I just really appreciated the fact that he shared about how God builds desires in us, and we don't realize that there are desires until we get down the pathways. Right. Yep. And they become too big, like you're talking about. And then we recognize, well, this has to be God, because it's not something I could have done. Right. You know? Yep. And that's what she saw, because she came from this little town in the south. She never dreamed she'd be married to this prestigious pastor and living in Washington, D.C., and her husband would be chaplain for the, I can't remember, Senate or Congress. Anyway, whatever. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Um, the f- well, you, you were here, I think, when I went over this last time because I showed the video by Andrew Womack. Yes. Um, Oh, that's right. And you were here, too, because you started on this one last time. Yep. Um, and, I mean, we don't have time because of going through session number four, but the the video was Don't Limit God. And he talks about he had been, I think it was 1999, 2000, and he'd already been in the ministry since, I think it was 32 years, so since 1968. And God was, and if I remember remember the events correctly, 
he had just actually it must have been like 2001 because he had just started his television ministry and things he talks about he pretty much had a, a a doubling of his ministry. Um, prior to that, everything was a struggle, um, and they finally were at a comfortable spot. And he talks about when he started his television ministry, God had mentioned to him, you're just now entering into what I have for you. Which is kind of similar to, I think, Hagen. Hagen said the same thing. He, you know, he was pastor of however many churches, and it wasn't until he, I think, he started to build Rama and go out into the into the field again that God said, "Now you're just entering what I have for you." But so he talks about after he he started the television ministry, um, the they started to prosper. And so it wasn't everything wasn't a struggle as it had been, and he got comfortable and was starting to enjoy it, and then God started dealing started dealing with him about you're limiting me, and specifically there was a there's I think it's in Proverbs where he talks about the Israelites limited the Holy One of Israel because they wouldn't go into the Promised Land, and he he used he was using that verse to talk to Andrew about you're limiting me you're not you th- I mean do you think this is all I can do you're you're limiting me you're limiting what I want to do through you through your ministry the impact I want you to have and he started talking about all of the things in his mindset how he saw himself he needed to deal with fear of lack fear of um, I think it was Fear of there's cares of this world, fear of lack, fear of failure, fear of the opinion of man. There are a number of things as he he went through this process that he was limiting God. He recognized his mindset, how he saw himself, how he saw his his abilities, how he saw his weaknesses, and you know just how he saw himself was limiting him and not allowing God to work through him. And after he started to deal with that and start to fix it, the ministry just started to, to skyrocket. And within, I think, 10 years, he saw like a 15-fold increase in the ministry. And, you know, he was, he was struggling with trying to deal with million-dollar projects, and now he's dealing with like a $54 million project. And so... It's we we didn't have time to go over it, but I recommend you. It's an audio. He's got an audio series. There's um, an audio sermon series, but also a video sermon series. Um, I think the audio is better, but they both have similar content, and it 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 is really good at opening your mind. Is is really I think the point opening your mind to first of all understand we're limiting I mean if we look at Jesus as the standard Jesus as the prototype Jesus as the example if 
we're not living at that level there's a reason and it's not god it's it's us so it's us looking at how we see ourselves how we think and try to open ourselves to him and allowing him to to work through us so if you if you can i recommend listening to it do you have anything on the website for us or the different links that you've got um I don't remember. I don't remember if I've got one for that or not. Okay. Oh. Yeah, I don't remember for sure. Did you have a question? <laughs> I had a comment, but I forgot. Oh. Okay. Blame Stephanie. She's wearing that stupid jacket again. <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> um. So let's wrap up with um, Hagen's step number five. Again, meditate on God's promises. All right? We need to see ourselves with the answer. We need to see ourselves as God sees us. Now you remembered. I did. Okay. When you said how God sees us. I think it's important for us to remember that God's not disappointed in us, right. that He loves us. And He's just encouraging yep. us to do all that He's called us to do. Yep. Yep, exactly. So meditation is, you know, and it, it wasn't until I really didn't, I didn't meditate on the Word Probably, I think it was maybe a year, one or two years ago, that I started to, God, God really started to show me the importance of it. I was a great meditator on the lies and the problems and the worry and all that stuff, but um, He really showed me, you know, say in the last two years, the importance of meditating on the Word. And it makes a huge difference. It really, once. I I remember hearing about people living in joy and being excited about life. And at the time, just, you know, every day, at the time every day I'd get up and dreading some, uh, some new failure, some new issue, some new bad thing going on, having no idea how in the world you could get there. But when you when you do it and you just keep after it and continue to do it and to do it and to do it, I have even gotten to the point and and there's there's dips and valleys and you know, there's highs and lows, but truly getting to the point where you get up excited to see what God's got for you that day. You wake up and your mind is filled with the possibilities of living with God. The adventure that He has for you as His child. Instead of dealing with, okay, what new does what new problem does the devil have for me? You know, it's and it's it's being under under the circumstances as opposed to above the circumstances. And that is a frame of mind. Based on what I've experienced, that is a frame of mind. And it is much better to be, <laughs> have the mindset where you're 
above the circumstances. You're in 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 my experience, living in victory occurs inside first before it can occur on the outside. It occurs and you know when you have it because you start to experience peace, rest, joy, excitement. Then it starts to have an impact on your circumstances. Most of us are in survival mode. Yeah. And we got it's it's a jump to get out of that. That's yep. a big jump because we're in survival mode. I think most of the country is in survival mode. Right. Non survival modes have a lot of money. And that's just the way that is. Right. And, uh, but uh, God's calling us to walk by faith. Yep. And He wants us. That is. That's where, honestly, the enemy wants us to be. He wants us to be just get by. He wants us to be living in that survival mode. But God has a much better plan. And if we just, I mean, it took me, I, it took me years to go. And like I said, it's, and unfortunately, it's kind of a roller coaster. You have good days and bad days, but overall, you're trying to go up, up, up. Um, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm, I'll just say I'm much better than I was. I'm nowhere near where I need to be. I know that. I've still got a lot, a lot of crap that I'm going through and dealing with, um, but I will say I've I've experienced the victory, and I'm not I'm just starting to experience it in my circumstances in my situation, but I had to I had to have it here first. There's a balance, you know. If somebody's really struggling like that, we, as in pastoral ministry, we try to walk alongside that right. person. We try to be hand, Jesus' hands and feet at the same time, extending hope. Right. We extend hope. You know, uh, Jesus was our example. He brought grace and truth. Yep. You know, we try to extend that hope and not not judging anyone for more for where they are. Yep. You know, but we walk alongside because there is a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot of pain, yep. you know, and we extend grace and truth and walk alongside and, and bring hope. Yep. You know, bring hope. Yep. I, uh, I don't know what else to do. Well, and just like Jesus said, in the world you, ha- you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Yeah. I've overcome the world. And he has. Yep. And someday he's coming back. Yep. And we'll get to meet him. That'll be a good day. Meet me up, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> so that is. What do I have? Oh, main point. We don't need to go over the refresher since we just went over that in session, the end of session four. Main point, our hope needs to be in the fact that God, by the Holy Spirit, lives in us. God has an amazing plan for our lives, which can only be fulfilled as we allow God to express himself through us. Unfortunately, we tend to limit God with our small thinking. We need to meditate on the Word and how God sees us so that we can see ourselves as God sees us, 
and then he can express himself through us. Mm-hmm. So that God is on our website, on our under pastor recommended. He's got like the five. Oh, yep. Is that the video or the audio? Oh, I don't know. I think it's the audio. That's right. I remember him. I remember him posting that. Yeah. Oh, what other? So, is it? Um, what's the first one? Uh, it's up to you. Well, let's. Oh, God, number one, it's up to you. What you don't know limits God. What you are afraid of, seeing with your heart, and you'll do what you've imagined. Number five, is what you're That's me, are, those, are you sure those audios or the, those are the videos? Like I, I don't know. 